the state of Tennessee is one of the few places where the sounds are just as breathtaking as the sights. Whether that's live music at an historic music venue, the crack of an open fire at a campsite in the wilderness, or hearing kids laugh as they explore what's right around the bend, Tennessee just sounds perfect. Start planning your trip at tnvacation.com. Tennessee sounds perfect. The following is a high five moment from highfivecasino.com. Welcome to Burger Yippee. Would you like a hot apple pie today? Yes, yes, yeah, I won. Woohoo! So that's a yes on the apple pie? I just went big time playing high five casino on my phone. Real cash prizes, free daily rewards, over 1,200 games. Yeah. So yes or no on the apple pie? Woo! I won again. I'll take that as a yes. Drive around. Have you had your high five moment today? Only at highfivecasino.com. High five casino is a social casino. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited. Play responsibly. Conditions apply. See website for details. High five casino. What's up, this your boy Lil Duval, and check out my podcast, Conversations with Unc, on the Black Effect Podcast Network. Each and every Tuesday, Conversations with Unc podcast feature casuals and in-depth talk about ebbs and flows of life and the pursuit of happiness. Unlike my work on stage, I tap into a more serious and sensitive side to give life advice and simply offer words of encouragement, yet remind folks to never forget to laugh. Every Tuesday, listen to Conversations with Unc, hosted by Lil Duval on the Black Effect Podcast Network, iHeartRadio app, or wherever you get your podcasts. Presented by AT&T. Connecting changes everything. Ridiculous History is a production of iHeartRadio. Welcome back to the show, Ridiculous Historians. Thank you, as always, so much for tuning in. That's the man, the myth, the legend, our one and only super producer, Mr. Max Williams. They call me Ben Noel. You and I, being guys of a, of a certain age, we are familiar with the triumphs and the travesties and the trials of love, wouldn't you say? Oh, and what age might that be, Ben? I don't think I've ever said my true age on the podcast, and it's impolite to be asked. It's illegal for you to ask me that. <laughs> exactly. I love, I love, I think you should leave now. But, but yeah, we like most people at some point in their life, I don't think it's a hot take, are going to fall in love. And so much of human culture is built upon explorations of how to express that love, right? How to, how to find the one and have your cloud Atlas moment or whatever. But here in the U S we all grow up with a holiday dedicated to this. Uh, if you are listening to the show, the day it comes out, uh, you deserve some congratulations. You have survived Valentine's Day. <laughs> and uh, and when we were talking off air and we we're like, hey, let's let's figure out a cool, a cool episode to explore Valentine's Day, we knew that you and I had to go to the experts. That's why we were over the moon or over the weird heart-shaped thing to welcome back our returning special guests, the creators, the co-hosts, the masterminds of ridiculous romance. Eli and Diana Banks. Thanks for coming on the show, guys. Hey, everybody. Hey, you know, we don't, uh, we don't know everything about the ways of love, but we know enough to know what we don't know and to come to the experts on, you know, <laughs> unraveling 
this uh, oh, yeah. Freudian knot. Was that a thing? A Gordian knot's a thing, but I'm, I, went, I went with Freudian knot because I think that, sure. that applies. Yeah, Freud just, would have something to say about your knot. Sure yeah, he yeah. would talk about your knot. <laughs> is he a sheep kind of situation? Freudian <laughs> slip knot, yeah. Uh-huh. yeah. Yes. Boom! Oh my goodness, we're, we're making magic today. There yeah, we're you making go. magic at that. We're Freudian Slipknot. We're you guys from don't Athens. Need us. No, <laughs> we we yes. definitely we definitely forgive our spooky you. masks. <laughs> yes. So, <Yeah. laughs> so we had such a great time when you all came over to the show previously. Do check out that episode if you haven't yet. Ridiculous historians and you know we've made no no secret about it that we're Max Noel and I are all big big fans of Ridiculous Romance. So get the to your podcast network or platform of choice and check out the show today. The episodes all slap, at least in my opinion, and uh, you're going you're gonna to learn some stuff that you did not know. You're going to learn some stuff that surprises you, and maybe the best way to make that case is to introduce you to some stuff you probably didn't know about Valentine's Day. Like, I, I think we all have those memories from like grade school, elementary school, people would hand out Valentines to their classmates and you kind of collected them like a Pokemon thing. They that did? Happened. Oh, no. Oh, no, babe. <laughs> what? Oh, buddy. What did you it's guys do? <laughs> not even like a G.I. Joe one, you know, know right? that just said, you're a real American hero. I wasn't allowed to have G.I. Joe stuff. Uh, it was kind of vile. It did kind of glorify war. Propaganda. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yep. So that was my only Valentine, and my parents said, I don't think so. Oh, my God. Oh, wow. <laughs> so they, on love. <laughs> <laughs> Which is funny because I know your parents. Yeah, <laughs> I know. <laughs> <And> yeah. <laughs> now this is the first thing I'm going to talk to them about. I'll be like, you guys ruined his love life. Your mom's going to be like, are you slandering us on other podcasts? But she's going to say, well, your love life shouldn't have been centered around the military industrial complex. Oh, well. Yeah. <laughs> no, she's sharp. She's sharp. No G.I. Joe Valentine's for my son. She'll outfox us. Yeah. But when, when we talk about Valentine's Day, everybody has accepted it as just a normalized thing that happens once a year. And I think, at least for a lot of kids growing up, when you first start questioning Valentine's Day, it starts by saying, that's not what a heart looks like. How, how did we get there? You know what I mean? Or like, you know, when you start learning about the origin of at least the word Valentine, like it's it's a cool thing, but where does it come from? Why is it not called I love you day or something, you know, Whoa. much more on the nose? Happy I, I love, love you, you day. day. <laughs> yeah, my girlfriend's name is Day, so, nice. so I'm constantly saying I love you, Day. Isn't that sweet? Oh, that wow. is sweet. Oh, that is oh, that's sweet. Great. Every day is an I love you day for mm-hmm. you. It's true. At least Not one. Bad. That's a good day. She has never heard any of those buns before, and she's <laughs> yeah, not at all not. tired of them. <laughs> of course. <laughs> she's, she's like, you were brilliant. You should do stand-up. Oh, my God. <laughs> yes, and please. <laughs> so, Eli, this is, I think, I think you're kind of first up to bat here because I, I don't know about, I don't know about you all, but I have heard of like the legend of St. Valentine in the Catholic church, but I don't know anything about the guy. Did he send people cards or well, chocolate? Or 
A little bit. Um, maybe. <laughs> we have several uh, origin stories for St. Valentine's. Uh, there seem to have been a number of guys named Valentine who were murdered on the 14th of February. Uh, just <laughs> became a running trend in the third century. <laughs> it was the thing to do. Yeah, there was a, this, this order of Belgian monks, uh, starting with this guy Jean Bolland in 1643, who went on this world tour trying to find saints and compile a book uh, called the Acta Sanctorum, or the Lives of Saints, 68 volumes long. They, they wrote it right up till the 1940, and so they started digging through those books to try and find who was this Saint Valentine uh, that started this whole thing. And they found three guys from the third century that were all named Valentine or a variant thereof, uh, who were all murdered, martyred on the 14th of February. And uh, the first guy they had is this guy, Valentinus, sometime in the mid-200s. All they know about him is he died in Africa with 24 soldiers. That's all they know. They said a lot of these saints we dug up, all we got is a name and a time of death. Mm. Uh, but it's good That's enough for sainthood. That's all there is to say about yeah. that guy. <laughs> <laughs> but Valentinus was another guy. He was the Bishop of Terni at only 21 years old. And one of the stories about him, it said that he heard two lovers fighting and he walked up to them and he said, hey, uh, why don't you each hold on to this rose together by the stem and try not to prick your hands on the thorns? And so this is like a joint couples exercise, right? Hold the, hold the rose together and then talk about your problems. Wow. He's like the original relationship counselor. He was like, this is called a talking stick. Uh -huh. And if you're not holding the talking stick. <laughs> right. Yeah. Let's do a little role playing. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, yes. Yes. I'll be you. You be him. And he'll be me. And <laughs> it's all going to work out great. Can you imagine Stop. the confidence, like the confidence or the, um, the, the foolish nature of, of saying like, hey, I'm going to intrude in these people's relationship. I got some prop work that I think is going to be a real breakthrough <laughs> yeah. for us. Uh, hi, I'm, uh, you don't know me, but you're going to leave very into roses. Like I have a standing, yeah. I have a standing policy. I think a lot of our friends all have standing policies where it's like every relationship, especially romantic relationships are sort of their own country. You can visit. Yeah. But yeah. you, but don't think you live there and don't start <laughs> talking about how things should change. That right. way lies madness. So I'm glad it worked out for this guy, but that, that feels risky for me. My social anxiety meter yeah. just got in the red hearing about that. Yeah, he was all about it. He said, you got to, you know, talk about your problems together. Use I feel sentences, right? Wow. He said, I feel thorns in my fingers <laughs> about this. It's like, smell the beautiful flower. He's like that recruiter guy in the squid game, you know, just going up to random down on their luck strangers <laughs> and convincing them to like play a game that, that results in him slapping them in the face repeatedly. Uh, that's a little more extreme, but it still takes the same level of confidence to, right, pull, this, uh, right. to pull this whole thing off. Squid Game is an allegory for Valentine's, Valentine's Day. Day. Of course. Sure, everybody True. knows that. Okay. Yeah. Same outcome. Whole bunch of tests to prove yourself. Mm -hmm. <laughs> All amounting in disappointment. <laughs> <laughs> no one really wins. But it worked. These two, they, they came back to him and they said, hey, it worked. Will you please marry us? And he married them. Oh, Whoa. So, hey. Uh, yeah. Yeah. Successful marriage counseling session. Yeah. Done and done. So try the rose game, everybody. If you're having uh, relationship troubles, just you both grab on to like something pointy, so, uh, maybe a hot pot, you know, like a <laughs> cast iron skillet. A hot pot. 
All right, yeah. But this guy got around. He wandered around uh, trying to help other couples. He found uh, allegedly this Christian woman named Serapia and a Roman soldier named Sabinus who wanted to get married. Serapia's parents were against marriage and Sabinus was forbidden because it was against the law for Roman soldiers to get married when they were about to go off and fight. They never really got a chance anyway because Serapia got consumption and got very sick. So they brought Valentinus over and asked him, you know, we we don't ever want to be separated. We want to be united in life and death, please. And he said, okay, I'll, I'll baptize Sabinus and I'll marry you two right here. And then as the story goes, uh, as he was blessing them, a blissful sleep enveloped their two hearts for eternity. Uh... So they just died together after he married them. I, I can't help but wonder if Sabinus wasn't like, no, not now. <laughs> Eventually. I'd like a honeymoon at least. <laughs> Damn. That's pretty I mean, he crazy. poisoned them, right? <laughs> How would they just, <laughs> I don't know. I don't want to accuse a saint of murder or anything, but I guess I'm accusing a saint of murder. Right. right. Like, how do you, how, how did that guy, what was the canonization conversation yeah. like for that yes. dude? Were they, were they like, well, the thing is, yes, they died, but he did marry them first, and we we're super into that idea. So, mm-hmm, so, mm-hmm. so eight he out baptized of baptized them. So they went to heaven, technically better off. So And this is back when you could you could just like marry people if you wanted, right? Like we right. did we didn't have all the paperwork today. No. Yeah. Okay. You just, just get sign your certification online and you're good to go. Yeah. <laughs> took less it. than an hour. Yeah. <laughs> Ten minutes. I got one more Valentinus here. Oh, boy. Also in the third century. And this guy was arrested for being Christian. And he was he was like forgiven and put into the custody of some fancy rich dude. And I'm thinking about like the, the Seinfeld Butler plot line. Like you are yeah. sentenced to go live and work for this guy. To buttle. Mm-hmm. To buttle. To buttle. <laughs> <laughs> that might be my one of my favorite verbs. Buttle. It's a good one. Buttling. Yeah, it's very what a butler funny. does. <laughs> and it's very vague. It's, <laughs> a, it's just buttling, you know? It's hilarious. I, this has nothing to do with anything, but I did, you know, our shows lead us to these weird research rabbit holes, right? Oh, yeah. And, oh, yeah. And, and one time, I can't remember how this came about, but one time I realized that I had lost hours learning the process to become a butler like there are schools of butling yeah sure and uh and they're apparently quite prestigious which i didn't know and also just to add to this uh butlers make a lot of money like okay mr belvedere mr belvedere was just living there because he wanted to he could afford his own place That's so true. I did want back back in my serving days, I did catering jobs sometimes and I had to work a really fancy place and they had a butler. So it was like kind of cool to see one in action and like managing the household. And I don't know. I was just like, oh, wow. you have a lot more than I to do than I would have thought, I guess. They so don't I had just a very carry around a silver tray on the butler. Of butler. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> You're a male, sir. Did he, were you like beneath him? Was he like, no, was it like Downton no. Abbey when he came in and he's <laughs> yeah, like, he was like, this is my turf. <laughs> you sit at the very end of the table. No, he was actually pretty nice. Oh, that's nice. <laughs> I, I think, yeah, I, I don't know. It seems like a, it takes a unique personality to be a butler or be a saint. Although, Eli, after this, now I'm, I'm starting to, to question a lot of like sainthood flexes, which also, yeah. Noel, that's a great idea for an episode, isn't it? 
I think so. I mean, what sainthood is the ultimate flex, especially if you really flex it. Like, right. uh, I'm sane, man. Um, but the question, I mean, uh, <laughs> yeah. which of these mysterious figures is most likely to be the fabled Saint Valentine that, like, the holiday? Is it the Rose guy? Like, I think it's this last guy because he he had a real, like, saint moment where the the man who was looking after and the man whose house he was imprisoned in basically had a daughter who was blind. And this guy, Valentinus, he walked around and he just would not shut up about Christianity. <laughs> uh, and just kept talking about it. And eventually this man, Asterius, who, whose house he was in, said, all right, look, I'll tell you what, I will straight up convert to Christianity if you can cure my blind daughter uh, and restore her vision. But if not, you have to shut up about it, okay? And so Valentinus puts his hands over her eyes, said a little prayer, and her vision came back. Whoa. And so he baptized the whole family. You know, Asteria said, all right, I'm a man of my word. So, all right, I'll all convert. Right, so he baptized the whole family. The emperor, uh, Gothicus, found out about it, was Whoa. super mad, and Best sentenced Valentinus. Best emperor name of all time. All Sorry. right. Gothicus, Lived yeah. up to his name, too. Uh, he went ahead and sentenced Valentinus to death. And Valentinus sent the blind girl a, a note and, you know, just a, a lovely note. I'm, I'm glad I was able to help you. Thank you for converting to Christianity. And he signed it from your Valentino. So that sort of became maybe the origin of the, the Valentine. The, the message. Yeah. From your Valentine. Yeah. I think, so I, I think yeah. maybe he's the closest. Yeah. I think you're on to something. And, and we see this a lot uh, in the world of like, myth evolving into history, uh, we're often looking at an amalgamation of possible real-life people who later became the mythic thing, right? Like the origin mm -hmm. of Santa Claus also has some relationship to the world of sainthood. But this, this alone doesn't explain Valentine's Day. This episode of Ridiculous History is brought to you by Mint Mobile. Ben, my favorite spring cleaning takeaway is that post-clean clarity that you get where you're like, wow, how have I been living like this? Yeah, it's kind of like when you find out you've been paying a fortune for wireless and Mint Mobile has phone plans for just $15 a month when you purchase a three-month plan. Y'all, it's time to switch to Mint Mobile and get unlimited talk, text, and data for 15 bucks a month. And use your own phone with any Mint Mobile plan and bring your phone number along with your existing contacts. To get this new customer offer and your new three-month unlimited wireless plan for just 15 bucks a month, go to mintmobile.com slash ridiculous. That's mintmobile.com slash ridiculous. Cut your wireless bill to 15 bucks a month at mintmobile.com slash ridiculous. $45 upfront payment required equivalent to $15 a month. New customers on first three-month plan only. Speed slower above 40 gigabytes on unlimited plan. Additional taxes, fees, and restrictions apply. See Mint Mobile for details. The following is a high-five moment from highfivecasino.com. Welcome to Burger Yippee. Would you like a hot apple pie today? Yes, yes, yeah, I won! Woohoo! So that's a yes on the apple pie? I just went big time playing High Five Casino on my phone. Real cash prizes, free daily rewards, over 1,200 games. Yeah. So yes or no on the apple pie? Woo! <laughs> I won again! I'll take that as a yes. Drive around. Have you had your high five moment? today only at highfivecasino.com High Five Casino is a social casino. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited. Play responsibly. Conditions apply. See website for details. High Five Casino. This episode is brought to you by eBay Motors. eBay Motors is here for the ride. Noel, do you remember your favorite car? 
Well, yeah, um, it was a uh, an Eddie Bauer edition Ford Explorer. Oh, that's and cool. I, yeah, I, I just remember it was my dad's. I, I was a hand me down car kind of kid. Dad would buy a new car, I'd get that car, and I just remember feeling so awesome being up above everybody, like I was mm. in Mad Max or something. You know, I had a lot of uh, land yachts that I loved. I had Pontiac yeah. Bonneville's. Right. Oh, I never had an El Camino. My dad had one. And that was a, that was a real interesting use of our collective time, keeping that thing running. But I think these cars all kind of speak to us because they were such a fundamental part of our lives. Do you remember when I had that Monte Carlo? That's what I meant. I, meant, I said El Camino <laughs> and I met Monte Carlo. I miss it. So uh, the Monte Carlo was tough. I had a series of Monte Carlos and the last one, God bless it. I just, I, I had to learn a lot about car maintenance just to keep that guy running. Totally. It it still was like a, a perfect fit. It's almost like finding your true love. Uh, You know, like when you recently got a car a few years back now, Oh, man. And funny you should say that. That particular perfect fit was the Honda Fit, which I love dearly. But, Ben, it's getting a little long in the tooth. And while it's been incredibly reliable up to now, it's getting to that age where I might have to start looking for some parts here and there to keep it running. Mm -hmm. And that's where eBay Motors comes in. With over 122 million parts, you can make sure your number one ride or die stays running smoothly. Brake kits, LED headlights, roof racks, bumpers, whatever your baby needs, eBay Motors has it. And with eBay Guaranteed Fit, it's guaranteed to fit your ride the first time, every time, or your money back. Plus, at these prices, you're burning rubber, not cash. So keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only. Exclusions apply. Maybe it's the coffee, but I feel like I'm accidentally getting sort of hard line on this because (laughs) for decades... I haven't really understood what the heck is going on Valentine's Day. I know you're supposed to do it. I know you get in trouble (laughs) if you don't do it. So I've like, I'm conforming, but I'm kind of phoning it in. You know what I mean? Like, why why can't it just be June? Why can't I just give you flowers sometime? At this point, it feels like a greeting card holiday, like Mother's Day. Like almost like the modern version of it that we know is fully a commercialized kind of fabrication of industry. It's funny reading about these saints because, I I mean, you think the full name is St. Valentine's Day. But I also never, ever, ever associate it with a Christian holiday like, you know, you do Christmas. Well, they, they do call that big gangster massacre the St. Valentine's Day Massacre, but that's honestly right. the only time I ever hear anyone attaching yeah. saints to Valentine. Yeah. And uh, this this is interesting, too. We're talking about the role of Christianity because, <laughs> as you know, folks, historically, uh, Christianity, regardless of denomination, has been pretty hyped about, like, converting other people to Christianity. Mm-hmm. and as we see in the case of Christmas, uh, religious conflict plays a role in the origin story of Valentine's Day as well. This, I didn't know, this is like Gothicist level metal. And I I was not aware of this (laughs) until like uh, Diana and Noel, you basically confirmed it. What we call Valentine's Day, like the predecessor, used to be way more... um, Horny? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, we're a family show. And, and I know. Apologies to that person who had to improvise the tennis explanation if you're listening. But they, <laughs> thank you so much. Um, but yeah, it's like 
it's it's much it, it's um much less kind of airbrushed, right? This was a, not even a Christian festival originally. Is that correct? No, it was super pagan. And then just, you know, credit where credit is due. Diana found this amazing story, um, and I was not personally familiar with it, but I'm doing some uh, additional reading on it, and it's cool. It involves, like, wolves and, you know, weird naked rituals and, like, milk-soaked pieces of cloth used to wipe off blood. I mean, there's, it's got all the hits. Where is this <laughs> Valentine's Day? Hits. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, let's celebrate an yeah. old style Valentine's it's Day. Called, it's called Lupercala or Lupercalia, rather. And uh, you might recognize the, the prefix Luper, you know, which is a wolf kind of situation. It's mm-hmm. an ancient pagan festival where a uh, goat, several goats and a dog were sacrificed. And then the goat was slaughtered or, or, you know, butchered rather. Uh, The hide was then dipped in the sacrificial blood and passed around in various accounts of it. In some accounts, it involves gently slapping women uh, with the bloody hides. In others, it's more like whipping women's thighs as they wail in agony and the men the presumably full nude are cackling with uh, ecstasy uh, super weird um it, it supposedly was meant to uh, encourage fertility in the coming year for the women <laughs> on the receiving end of the bloody hide slappings. Um, and if they were already pregnant, it was like, you know, gonna would bode well for the survival of the child. Because as we know, surviving childbirth in those days uh, in ancient times was not a, uh, a done deal. Mental Floss has a really still great article. Yeah, no, it definitely still is. Um, <laughs> but back then, it was absolutely a, a dice roll. So you needed all the help you could get, oh, yeah. like, you know, from mm-hmm. the gods. Uh, Mental Floss has a really great article breaking down um, a lot of the different aspects of uh, Lupercalia uh, by Austin Thompson. Eight Facts About Lupercalia, the ancient festival full of whippings and ritual sacrifice. So let's see the origins right so lupercalia was actually i believe the wolf that romulus and remus the you know mythical founders of rome um suckled from they were raised by this she-wolf uh literally nursed by this she-wolf and and this myth would would trace back to 6th century BCE it's a you know ancient roman legend um king uh, amulius ordered romulus and remus who were his nephews and of course they were twins and considered to be the founders of rome um to be thrown into the river tiber to drown and that was in retribution for something their mother did uh, she apparently broke a vow of celibacy so I'm not sure why they get punished for that. That's heavy, man. It's like very, yeah, it's twisted. I guess, I guess he was like, I'll hit her where it really hurts. Uh, Yeah. Kill our children together. Yeah. (laughs) Super, super weird. Um, But you know, this is the time of rulers names like Gothicus. So, uh, or Gothica, whatever. What are you going to do? You're going to (laughs) expect some, some, some nutballs in here. So we've got this servant though, that takes pity on them. That sort of, you know, decides he's going to spirit them away, place them in a basket. It's almost like a, it's, you know, there's so many parallels Mm -hmm. in religious mythology. I'm I'm sorry. I'm not being disrespectful to anyone 
that believes the Bible verbatim. I just tend to prefer referring to it as mythology or like origin stories and things like that. But like uh, the story of Moses being placed in, in a basket, you know, to be protected from the Pharaoh who was going to have him killed or he, you know, or, or whatever. It's a very similar uh, story because this, this servant uh, takes pity on Romulus and Remus knowing what their fate's going to be. Um, and instead of throwing them into the river, he puts them in a basket on the river and uh, apparently the river god carries the basket downriver to a fig tree uh, where it gets caught in the branches uh, and then catches the attention of uh, a she-wolf who is, is in this den at the base of a hill called Palatine Hill. Um, and that is where Rome was founded. So later... After being raised and suckled by the the, the she-wolf, Shepard and his wife adopt Romulus and Remus, and they become shepherds. They actually learn the the trade of shepherdry. Um, whatever, and uh, they take revenge and kill that uncle who ordered their death. Then they went and found the wolf that nurtured them, and they named it Lupercal. Um, And that's the origin story of Lupercalia. It's a little weird, though, because there are a lot of, like, debates around uh, several key factors in, in this uh, in this ritual celebration. One is how much nudity was there? <laughs> Right. There's a lot of there's a lot of references like the word uh, nude nude nudie nudi or nudus mm-hmm. rather uh, appears apparently a lot in the um, you know accounts of of this uh, from the early days, but there are just there are kind of discrepancies into what that actually means whether it means naked or just having quote having one's main garment removed. There was there there was a race involved in this too. There were runners. This is like a, almost like a, a athletic competition, like feats of strength, and um, that could have referred to the runners, you know, stripping down to their goatskin like running uh, attire, you know. And Ow! To, yeah, exactly. <laughs> Glistening abs in, the, in, in, the, in the Roman <laughs> sun. Um, but then there are a lot of other writers that are very explicit in mentioning how you know nudity was a big part of the festival, um, but. It is a question, much in the same way that the nature of St. Valentine is a question, uh, how much, uh, whether this was like an orgy type situation or whether it was just like, a, you know, a, a friendly game of um, shirts and skins. You know what I mean? <laughs> Mm. It's good. Almost every every myth I learn, my first question is always, how much nudity was how, there? How much nudity so, was there? It's yeah. good that we're de- getting into it. Look, people back then were the same as people today. There, there are certain mm-hmm. things that just make it into the headlines. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. True. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> well, if, if I want to sound really smart this Valentine's Day, I'll say send nudists. that's fantastic you're gonna get lots of bites on that one Um, be careful what you wish for (laughs) I would never actually ask for nudists from anyone I know I know if you get get a question like that from me it is spam I've been hacked (laughs) and please Please, no unsolicited nudus. Yes. No, 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 no. Um, The last thing, and this really, you know, kind of connects it back to your story, Eli, is that it's not even clear if this had anything to do with uh, Valentine's Day. You might have been asking right. yourself that question the whole time. Um, it, it is thought to be sort of a, a proto-Valentine's Day uh, thing. Uh, it actually went on for quite some time. It went on until um, at least 494 CE uh, oh. when there was a letter from Pope Galatius 
which is who Galoshes were named after. Mm-hmm. In case you mm-hmm. didn't, it is <laughs> absolutely true. Um, true. He wrote. He wrote this letter criticizing Christians for participating in this clearly super pagan and horny weird ritual. Uh, he commented on how in the old days nobles would run the race of, of Lupercali and strike naked uh, matrons. Um, I guess that refers to the women. And this is, sorry, this is, again, I'm, I'm cribbing from uh, from Mental Floss here a little bit, but this is the quote. Uh, he said, quote, Your own bashfulness ought itself to teach you that the Lupercalia is a public crime, not salvation and the cult of the divinity regarding which no wise man would blush. Rather, the Lupercalia is an instrument of depravity, which your mind, bearing testimony against itself, blushes to fulfill. Oh. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Yeah, wow. that, that's true, too, because we see this sort of, um, I think it's a pretty common misconception, right? That you'll you'll see arguments that seem pretty certain that Lupercalia is directly tied one-to-one with what we call Valentine's Day. But I, I think I had looked at the same Mental Floss article as well, Noel. It, it looks like there's, that, that letter is key, and it, it looks like maybe the, at the very least, the relationship between these two events got wildly exaggerated over the great game of telephone that is history, mm-hmm, right? Mm-hmm. It's like, and then why do we lose all the metal stuff if they are related? You know what I mean? Yeah, well, I, th- I think the implication is that that um, P.O.'d Pope replaced Lupercalia with this other festival, um, which may or may not have been St. Valentine's Day. Um, but But there's really no evidence to support that. Uh, there's a scholar by the name of Jack uh, Oruk who says, at no point does Galatia speak of compromise or of adapting any pagan customs. Uh, it just drives me crazy, he says, that the Roman story keeps circulating and circulating. There are also very popular legends about Lupercalia that feature women or young girls writing their names on pieces of paper that would be drawn from a box by boys. Um, those are, uh, according to many scholars, also kind of fabrications. Oh, of, good. Because they, later. Okay. they yeah. sound like key parties. 100%. <laughs> yeah. It legit. Like, they were matched up by a lottery. That's so weird. And I guess some of them stuck, or the legend is that some of them would stick and they would That's get right. married. That's right. Oh, mm-hmm. okay. Okay. Mm-hmm. But, um, I don't know. It feel, <laughs> feels like a lot of this is is BS. Uh, well, I don't think we're any closer to understanding the true origin of Valentine's Day. Also interesting to me, the Pope came in and was like, this this is shameful. This is lustful. You shouldn't be doing this. But made no mention of like, please stop whipping yeah. women with bloody goat hides. Exactly. <laughs> That's not the problem. That's not the problem. No, it's, <laughs> That's it's the, the He didn't like the dongs bunging around. Exactly. <laughs> dongs real, bunging real, around. Real <laughs> dong ping pong party. That was, that was the best word I could come up with, I guess. Uh, I want to uh, rescind my earlier request to celebrate the old pagan festival. It sounded cooler. Uh, as do in a I, as the only woman present. <laughs> yeah, yeah, like, yeah, yeah, not yeah, be yeah, yeah. I mean, you goat. lost no, me at goat you. sacrifice. <laughs> oh no, no! It was, well, there's several goats and a dog. Right, and a dog. Oh yeah, oh, man, forget it. See, like with the goat. Look, I respect other people's cultures, and you know, my my diplomatic question is like, what are the goats' personalities? Are they like jerks? Are they are they goat <laughs> criminals? You know, because in that case, fine. But I can't imagine just killing a dog, man. I love dogs. They didn't do anything. So, so, somewhat unrelated. Um, 
I've been I've become obsessed with this film. I've been like going down this Criterion Collection mm-hmm. rabbit hole. I got the channel, and I'm just like obsessively just devouring all this weird classic art cinema. And there's this film called The Color of Pomegranates. That's um, it's like a I, I'm not Iranian. Um, Armenian film and it's uh, the story of this poet who almost looks like this kind of Christ-like figure and I only bring it up because it has this kind of ritualistic quality to it. If you've ever seen any movies by Jodorowsky, everything's kind of a weird tableau of like, mm-hmm. you know, different um, iconography and like, you know, all these piece characters are just kind of doing things in a very wide field of frame and uh, there are just some things in this where I'm like, is this really a ritual that happened that's like historically accurate or is this just some weird styled on psychedelic version of something that seems oh, remar- right. remotely plausible? And that's right. how this whole goat ritual strikes me. It's like <laughs> there's parts of it that seem like, okay, I can see that, but like why the slapping and then the milk <laughs> detail? Like, right. just, like who came up with these ideas and where do they Very come weird. from? It was a weird epic drinking party. And when a bunch of people get together and they drink a lot, then increasingly absurd stuff starts to sound like a good idea, right? This is this is right. like a hold my beer celebration. You know what I mean? <laughs> hold totally. my dog. Bad hold news for the goats. <laughs> hold my goat. We just had an episode come out on our show of uh, where a guy married his goat. Yeah, and he was thrilled about it. He what? Was very thrilled. Yes. Good, yeah. good goats. Yeah. Good goats. Hard to find. Yeah. <laughs> he said. Well, uh, yeah. Gotta, gotta lock that down. <laughs> it was mostly because he said the goat's the best wife he's ever had, and he's had four before her, because the goat can't talk and doesn't ask for money to go shopping. Oh. And can't get pregnant, and also she can't talk. <laughs> he said it. Wait, wait, wait. Whoa. So the saying. implication is that he's he's. Betting yeah, exactly. The ghost, yeah. <laughs> Consummated it. Okay. Um, well, apparently the priest only agreed because there would be no sex involved. It was just a companionship thing. But I was like, that sounds like something you tell the priest to like get him. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, why even bother like, marrying? Like, did you stay why? to make I don't, sure? I don't understand. <laughs> I don't know. Is he like he choice? Does he get shaken down at the petting zoo? Does he have to he's, be he's, able to be like, maybe. sorry, I'm taken? Like a paying out by the night. <laughs> you wanted to make an honest goat of her, I guess. There we know? go. I mean, there we go. Uh, so, oh, Ben, you're the pun goat, my friend. Oh, that's too there kind. That's too kind. Of all his wives, all she his was wives. the goat. They all, they all <laughs> chased them. So, um, you know, I guess do what. Makes you happy. Okay, I'm gonna have to just listen to that episode. I haven't heard yeah, this one yet. Within reason, you know. <laughs> yeah, with that one, because it's like the animals don't exactly say yes. Right. Yeah. <laughs> they say yes. <laughs> I can't consent. Yes. Yeah. Uh, there's also I. I just want to shout out. There's also a most beautiful goat contest that takes place in the Middle East. Um, the winner. The the winner that I saw was a Damascus goat, which looks oh. very messed up. If you get a chance to Google it, Noel, I, I, I inflicted that picture on you in the past. I know the one. Yeah, I know the one. Yeah, uh, but I know it, the one. <laughs> we know that goat. Oh, those goats. it haunts my dreams. Oh yeah, I know those goats. It's got like a oh god. Yeah. Ah, yeah. You know what this goat reminds me of is it looks like a um, fist. It looks like a the, shadow puppet. You're making a gorilla shadow puppet on the wall. Like it's <laughs> it, 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 sorry, please go ahead. No, do you remember uh, in Willow 
when they they killed the troll and threw it into the river and then it grew into that giant monster. Yes. Yeah. Its head looked remarkably like this goat's head. Very sloping. It's the most Ooh. sloping brow I've ever seen. In any, and the eyes are like like iguana eyes. Yeah. There's like one yeah. on either side. <laughs> <It's> like, <laughs> well, that was at least once or twice decreed the most beautiful goat in the world. Uh, the fact that they're using beautiful to describe the mm-hmm. contest. Uh, tongue-in-cheek there, I think. Yeah, I, I, I don't I know. So. But they're serious well, about it. who's cheek? Look, beauty is in the horizontal pupil eye of the beholder. Right? <laughs> yes. <laughs> yes. Yes. <laughs> and uh, we know that, so we know that psychologically for human beings, when you are experiencing affection, when you're experiencing amorous love, right? So romantic mm-hmm. love, not just like, hey, I really think my mom and dad are cool or something like that, or I like my siblings. When you have, when you are in the midst of that honeymoon period, you're Twitter-pated, your heart is in your chest, uh, you've got a crush, and the whole world gets just a little bit more exciting and things are a little bit more high stakes, you start to realize, or I think people realize in retrospect, that maybe their perceptions were a little skewed. You know what I mean? Like you, that's why we call it the honeymoon period. After you've been in a relationship for a while and and you know each other very well, then you, you start to acknowledge the idiosyncrasies and the warts. But everybody was aware of the idea of being what we would call head over heels And they were so aware of this in ancient times that they made a mascot for it. They were like, what's the best way (laughs) to express that sensation of love to embody it? It should be a sexy baby that shoots you with, you know, arrows. (laughs) And everyone was like, everyone's like, nailed it, dude. We're done. This is great. High Five Casino is a social casino with real prizes and big Vegas hits at HighFiveCasino.com. The hottest games right from Vegas and all winnings go straight to your bank account. Hundreds of exclusive games, free daily rewards, and come back to get free coins every four hours. Only at HighFiveCasino.com. High Five Casino is a social casino. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited. Play responsibly. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details at HighTheNumberFiveCasino.com. High Five Casino. This episode is brought to you by eBay Motors. eBay Motors is here for the ride. Noel, do you remember your favorite car? Well, yeah. Um, it was a uh, an Eddie Bauer edition Ford Explorer. Oh, that's and cool. I, yeah. I, I just remember. It was my dad's. I, I was a hand-me-down car kind of kid. Dad would buy a new car. I'd get that car. And I just remember feeling so awesome being up above everybody. Like I was mm. in Mad Max or something, you know? I had a lot of uh, land yachts that I loved. I had Pontiac, yeah. Bonnevilles. Right. Oh, I never had an El Camino. My dad had one, and that was a that was a real interesting use of our collective time, keeping that thing running. But I think these cars all kind of speak to us because they were such a fundamental part of our lives. Do you remember when I had that Monte Carlo? That's what I meant. I meant I said El Camino, and I meant Monte Carlo. I miss it so. Uh, the Monte Carlo was tough. I had a series of Monte Carlos and the last one, God bless it. I just, I, I had to learn a lot about car maintenance just to keep that guy running. Totally. It it still was like a, a perfect fit. It's almost like finding your true love. Uh, You know, like when you recently got a car a few years back now, 
Oh, man. And funny you should say that. That particular perfect fit was the Honda Fit, which I love dearly. But, Ben, it's getting a little long in the tooth. And while it's been incredibly reliable up to now, it's getting to that age where I might have to start looking for some parts here and there to keep it running. Mm -hmm. And that's where eBay Motors comes in. With over 122 million parts, you can make sure your number one ride or die stays running smoothly. Brake kits, LED headlights, roof racks, bumpers, whatever your baby needs, eBay Motors has it. And with eBay Guaranteed Fit, it's guaranteed to fit your ride the first time, every time, or your money back. Plus, at these prices, you're burning rubber, not cash. So keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only. Exclusions apply. This is it. Your moment. This is your time to make your comeback with Purdue Global. When you come back with a Purdue Global degree, you create opportunity for yourself, your family, and your future. It's a degree you can be proud of, a degree that employers will trust and respect. Purdue Global offers working adults like you over 175 flexible degree programs to meet your specific career goals. These include associate, bachelor's, master's, and doctoral degrees and certificates. Purdue Global degree programs range from nursing to business to communication and more. Whatever your interest, we have the degree that will move you forward. You have the knowledge. You have the experience. Now it's time to get credit for the work you've done and earn the recognition you deserve with Purdue Global, Purdue's online university for working adults. You know you're worth it. We do too. So don't wait another second to get the degree that will take your career to the next level. Start your comeback today at purdueglobal.edu. That's our next thing. That's something, Diana, you had some great research on this. It's something that uh, had always kind of confused me. And if I'm being candid, no judgment, it, it creeped me out just a little bit. We're talking about Cupid. Uh, Cupid, Cupid, you know, we all, we all know Cupid. It's like a cherubic looking little creature that is a naked or mostly or nudist baby that has <laughs> tiny wings and it has usually like a, a very adorable bow and arrow. Uh, the, mm -hmm. Yeah. The Cupid we know, and, and this is like this guy's time to shine this week as, as the episode is playing uh, the Cupid that we know is totally ripped off from the Romans by the Greeks, which is like tale as old as time at this point. Oh, they, yeah. they just yeah. Ran through Grecian mythology, and we're like, <laughs> we can kind of change the names. You know how like how like there's Arrow in DC, and then there's Hawkeye in Marvel, and everybody's right. just mm -hmm. sort of like pretending those were original ideas. So, <laughs> so that's where we're at with Cupid. Uh, he also the idea of Cupid comes from the Greek myth of Eros, E R O S, not arrows because that would make too much sense i guess uh the <laughs> the picture that we have actually become it, it has a story behind it so cupid was regarded as the child of some divine couple some supernatural couple and the, the story changes sometimes it's like heaven and earth sometimes it's aries and aphrodite but he used to be not a baby Eros, the original Eros, was, you know, kind of cut, you know, he, he, yeah. he, he put in his ab day, right? 
And that, right. <laughs> yeah. Right. He was uh, like, like, a, like, a, like a buff baby. Like in that, I think you should leave sketch. Or see, oh, look at that little carb of beef. That's a buff baby right there. Yeah. He was, uh, he, he was like a handsome dude who later got infantilized, you know, and, and turned into right. this, um, this less saucy deity. Uh, sort he, of a cherub, right? Is it mm-hmm. cherub? Okay. Yeah. He's cherubic. Uh, so, he also didn't always just have the little love zappy arrows. He had golden arrows that would make you fall in love. But if you caught him on a bad day, he had lead arrows to make you, you know, just a pill to people. and <laughs> Or like poison you to death. I mean, right. Or give you lead poison. Well. Right. Uh, right. <laughs> um, and so this this made him somewhat of a trickster figure. This also made him an agent of chaos. And Greeks wanted to make the guys seem a little more friendly back when he was Eros. So they started saying, okay, let's, I don't know a better way to say it. The Greeks started propagating the story with some changes. And they said, basically, we're going to make Cupid or Eros, as they called him, a goon. So he has some powers, but he is, uh, he's kind of childlike. He's a real mama's boy, right? And, and this is something you found, Diana. And then uh, that concept to make him, to like rebrand him is a little bit more approachable. Let's lean into the love stuff and lean away from his like hate mongering power set. Mm-hmm. And, uh, and then as time continues, Renaissance painters, you know, who were, just so like annoyingly into ancient Greece. You know what I mean? <laughs> Total obsession. Yeah. And they're like, everything reminds them of ancient Greece. But at the same time, they're taking a lot of liberties with their yeah. imagining. So they're the ones, kind of like how Coca-Cola made the uh, version of Santa Claus that Americans are familiar with. Renaissance painters said, okay, he's childlike. Let's make him a let's make him a sexy baby, you know? <laughs> and that's where you see all these paintings of Eros as Cupid, who is like a well-fed boy, <laughs> being polite, a well-fed boy who uh, <laughs> has a bow and arrow, but now they just now they just create love. Now he's like a care bear. Mm-hmm. Okay. Right. And and, uh, and always love yeah. you want, not love you don't want. Right. Which is right. Another part. Because I think Eros would make you fall in love like unrequitedly like as or as a prank. Yeah. Right. This Cupid only ever does what you want, I think, is part of it. It's very harmless. Yes. Yeah. It's it's a newer, friendlier Cupid. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and I, I love the point you make there because yeah, Eros was a a trickster and through the lens of myth that's actually that's actually a really interesting way to explore the problems of romantic love you know like there are people who have that i wish i could quit you moment all the time mm-hmm. and to be able to personify that is first it makes people feel a little less terrible about themselves because it's like it's not me 
It's that mm-hmm. baby that I saw flying around <laughs> earlier. Damn baby. Yeah. And I had a dream that about buff it. Baby. That puff baby <laughs> won't get out of my mind. You usually uh, full nude or just draped with some sort of ribbon that's obscuring yeah, just the naughty placed. bits, right? Yeah. yeah. yeah, yeah Carefully yeah, yeah. taped. Yeah. But a little red butt. Poking right out. That, that yeah. part's okay. He's, yeah. he's got fly. a ruddy booty. Yeah. Uh, this is, um, yeah, He's that's what we're talking about. He's a great example of nudus, right? He doesn't have yeah. a main garment. But uh, I like, I like pronouncing it hardcore nudus because it just sounds really nudus. holy. That sounds good too. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, nudus. So where does this take us? There are all sorts of stories featuring Cupid, uh, the comic book analogy holds i would say because you know every every member of a superhero team gets their own spin-off series at some point right. in the world of comics and probably increasingly in the world of marvel films but you, you see him have run-ins with bees during his time as a honey thief uh he's associated with dolphins he likes to ride dolphins uh and cool <laughs> And he got his character assassinated. I would. I guess if I could. I guess I, I could. <laughs> if I could, I guess I would. I feel like if, it would be if a it, game If it wasn't time. hurting them. Yeah. If it was like a game time decision, you know? <laughs> like if, I'm, if I'm drowning and a dolphin comes mm-hmm. up and offers to save me, that's, I guess that's how it, I would end up doing Let's it. Let's go. You jump on it. Remember that Sega game, Echo the Dolphin? Yeah. Oh, yeah it it was really depressing. Yes. It was about like the environment is is deteriorating and only this one dolphin can save us with the Mm -hmm. power of dolphin love and sonar and a really (laughs) sad soundtrack. Mm -hmm. And uh, the way I played that game, I was not going to save the world from deteriorating. It was hard. I remember it being quite difficult. Very hard. All of the, so many of those like um, well-intentioned, ecology-oriented video games were unfairly difficult. Like Captain (laughs) Planet was the worst. <laughs> you probably couldn't. They would, you would get, no one's ever beat them. And if you did, they were like, actually you didn't. It all requires personal changes that are going to be very hard <laughs> yeah. to institute. The real winner in this game is recycling, right? Like that kind yeah. of stuff. <laughs> yeah. But, uh, but <laughs> when we get to, when, when we get to the modern Cupid, which you have probably seen in the days leading up to this week, and you'll probably see them in discount shelves at your local pharmacy or grocery store or whatever. Mm-hmm, um, mm-hmm. We're pretty lucky to have the version of Cupid we have now. Uh, for a time, Cupid was the victim of character assassination. Medieval oh. mythographers. That's right. Christianity's coming back. We didn't drop it. Medieval mythogra- <laughs> mythographers were trying to adapt these Greco-Roman myths to fit into the worldview of Christianity at the time. And they ended up painting him as a demon, demon of fornication. Uh, <laughs> yes. Yeah. And they said, you know, he's, uh, he's seductive, but he's malicious. He exploits your desires. He's like hanging out with him as a gateway drug to sin. And you can't ever, Damn. yeah, you can't trust him. He's got a depraved, perverse mind. Uh, and you have to show him, you have to show that he's naked because he's wild and unreliable. And he is, his, his head is filled with lust. He's, he's an irrational man boy who is ruining the world because you can't just keep it together. Luckily, that faded out over time. And now we have this more 
again, this more sanitized version that people people think of as kind of a, a mascot for Valentine's Day. He's not a main character mascot the way that Santa is for Christmas, but I, I would argue that he's the closest thing to a mascot Valentine's Day has. And um, I think he's ready for a reboot. You know what I mean? I don't know, you know? where we take it. Franchise of films, cinematic universe, perhaps. <laughs> there you go. All the many faces of Cupid. I was uh, just thinking about how the, you know, when the Romans took over the myth from the Greeks, it was basically their soft reboot of Cupid. Mm-hmm. Yes. Oh, you know, Ke- yeah. Kevinus Figus comes in and says, you know, market research says they don't like exactly. they don't like these lead arrows anymore. Yeah. So no. let's make them all yeah, happy and make them shaped like big. Pink hearts, yeah, on the yeah. tips of the arrows, <laughs> yeah. And then someone's like, "You, you know what? Who I think's really hot?" And someone else goes, "Babies, right?" And they're like, "Yeah." <laughs> like, wow. I was, that's, how'd you, you know? You were in the right room for that one, I guess. <laughs> you could be in a wrong room for that one. <laughs> but I've got a, I got a setup here for our next exploration here. Obviously, Valentine's Day got associated with Cupid because it's a personification, because he's on brand with falling in love with people and all the mysteries of how that works. Uh, Also, as paper products get mass produced and as postage costs drop, uh, Cupid is getting slapped on Valentine's Day cards. When I think of you, the, you know, the implication is I feel like a shot through the heart with affection uh and and there's still there's something else subtle that happened there which is that in the original story of cupid it wasn't always like um it it wasn't always consensual love it might be something that creates an unpleasant situation and that brings us to our last story this is something i have not heard about but when i first read the phrase vinegar valentines i thought just tell someone you don't like them. You know, it made me think of it made me think of dying Easter eggs for some reason because you always oh, have yeah. to use yeah. vinegar. vinegar and there's yeah. always that vinegar smell, and yeah. that's what my mind immediately went to. Is okay, this must be a use of actual vinegar in preparing <laughs> these Valentines. That is not the case. It's more like like vinegar as as outright aggression, mm-hmm. right? Yes. Right. Yeah, vinegar from your my emotions. Mm-hmm. <laughs> my emotions are vinegar, and it's sending it to you. But yes, vinegar valentines are hilarious and amazing and rude. Um, but yeah, as body, as dare said, we say body, right? Dare we say body. Well, for Victorian times, I guess they were pretty body. Um, but yeah, so as, as you're saying, Ben, people got really into sending cards on Valentine's Day, um, mostly because postage got cheaper. Um, In like 1840, Britain started the Uniform Penny Post that allowed anyone in England to send something in the mail for just one penny. And like the next year, half a million Valentine's cards were sent. So that just really opened the floodgates. The same thing happened in America. And after the 1850s, Congress voted to decrease postage rates. So everybody was like, sweet. In these repressed Victorian times, I can finally express my sentiments through the anonymity of the mail. (laughs) And at first, 
And of course, people got into a huge industry of this. At first, Valentines were real, they were handmade and they were incredibly expensive. Oh, okay. Um, in England, Jonathan King of London was the premier Valentine maker. There's a Hallmark archivist and historian, Samantha Bradbeer, who runs a like a whole blog about Hallmark history. And uh, she wrote an article about vinegar Valentines. She says, King pioneered decorative lace paper, an unusual design using bits of tinsel, feathers, and flowers as accents. So pretty. Okay. okay. So this is like the like his little own Etsy store for Valentine's. Yeah, he had a <laughs> store. It's like, it's like scrapbooking, yeah. right? Yeah, yeah. 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 he like yeah. you can imagine him late at night gluing all the lace down mm-hmm. and writing a very pretty cursive like "I love you" on there, something weird, or like <laughs> or like you up, yeah. Yeah, well, spoiler right. yeah. alert, the you next will. episode we've got coming is also about scrapbooking. So just oh, that's right. tease uh, for hey. the future of Ridiculous History. If we, we get to do will. that episode. If it ever gets recorded. We, we've had it in the kitty for a minute and various <laughs> events and life No, I was in us, my uh, shelter of solitude, but you brought me out. No, like this episode is cursed. I why do you say that on air? Oh because no. Because you're gonna do it. I wanna do it. I'll I tell you, we, we, uh, we initially were kind of like I think dragging our feet on it because we thought it was a little dull. Yeah. But the more we both read into it, um there's a lot of uh, uh there can be a lot of um sexual uh, uh re- release and kind of tension and release it wrapped up in scrapbooking. Can there not, Diana? Yeah. I hope not in any scrapbook anybody's ever given me. (laughs) (laughs) Well, I actually used to love scrapbooking, and I've been to a scrapbooking conference before, if you can believe that, where everybody has paper you could buy and, like, little (laughs) stickers and shit. And people had full, like, rolling suitcases of glue sticks. And so it was, like, pretty interesting peek into that world. I bet people were hooking up in that conference. And I was too young to know about that, the darker side of the (laughs) scrapbooking conference. (laughs) (laughs) I believe it. (laughs) I buy it. I believe it. There's a conference for everything. And I I really love (laughs) going to conferences for very uh, specific stuff. It's, Mm -hmm. I've, like snuck into a, a John Deere tractor conference before. Awesome. Yeah, their security wasn't super tight because who cares? <laughs> I was going to say, I don't think he, he you probably know, walked. I went, to, I went to like a talk about tractors. Wow. It was a good day. Tractor talk. I know, right? But uh, but when you're when you're talking about um, scrapbooking, you know, we, we have a lot of people in the audience today who are probably also either scrapbook collectors or they kept one, maybe um, their relatives made or they themselves scrapbook. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's it's neat because it's a piece of tangible history. And for a lot of people during this Valentine's Day card boom, you know, it's like day made. If someone, mm-hmm. if someone sends you, they go out of their way to send you something nice, especially if it's so elaborate. Like you mentioned, um, you mentioned these Valentines were pricey. Uh, as you guys remember, on our show, we do something called an inflation calculator. Do we know how much money we're talking here? Like, how how deep yeah. in the hole did you have to go to let somebody know you were into their vibe? Oh, we got to do the boops. And a boop. 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 That's the sound of the inflation calculator. Oh, okay. It's very, uh, <laughs> very high. Boop. Yeah, high tech. Well, I, I'll say on in, in America, this woman Esther Howland in Worcester, Massachusetts made her first fancy Valentine. It was like a 
much like Jonathan King, elaborate lace-edged valentine. And her brother took it along on a selling trip because her family had like a printing press thing. And he came home and surprised her with that people were paying as much as $50 for one of her cards, which again, that's 1849 that he was running around the country selling these. So today that would be $1,787. Whoa. Jeez, that's a pricey card. I don't Diana, I- I'm going to do you a solid and keep you from mm. getting yelled at by the internet. Uh, that city in Massachusetts you referenced is pronounced oh, Worcester. Worcester, you're so <laughs> right. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Just, just Worcester, saving the pedantic people you. from the effort, you know. <laughs> no, I appreciate it. You know, we, we have to get our pronunciations right. It's very it's important. <laughs> it's funny how often, like, we'll be in... Uh, India or South Korea or something and we work really hard and we get the pronunciations and then we'll be in like Washington State and totally botch it. Yeah, totally. <laughs> right, yeah. Right. It's like, oh, wow. Whoops. <laughs> that turns out that guy. I don't think people people should feel bad about that because the English language is such an agglomeration of stuff people oh, yeah. didn't think carefully about. And, you know, and now now we have to carry the sins of speakers who came before us. Uh, (laughs) But, I'm, you know, I'm not one to talk really about pronunciation or getting things wrong. The last time I was in Korea, I spent the better part of a week. Like when you walk in stores, there are phrases you say that are like, hello. And Mm -hmm. people walk in and I would walk in and someone would say, hello, you know, as you're walking in the store. And then I would try to say hello back. And I thought I learned a right, like a proper, pretty formal way to say it. But instead, Mm -hmm. what I was saying was, where am I? And (laughs) this man is confused. And I was was like smiling. I would wave. They thought you'd gone mad. I said that. They were like. It was terrible. I said the same thing when I left too. Like it, I didn't. We didn't yeah. figure that it is out. Really endearing, Ben. I love. I love thinking about. This. I love. This is, I would yeah. love to see a Korean soap opera where they're just dealing with this random character cameo of oh. <laughs> a oh, tourist God. who comes in and just says, "Where am I?" And they're like. You should very it's very Lynchian kind of if you think about it. I was gonna say you should bring that home and just in English next time you walk into a store (laughs) open with where am I? (laughs) And then when you leave, where am I? (laughs) Yeah, it wasn't until we were riding back to the airport and this um brilliant taxi driver who's uh polyglot was like, Mm -hmm. Oh, you've Mm -hmm. you've learned some Korean. Give it a go. And uh then it really sank in, and he uh, he laughed his ass off. He's like, yeah, you fool. Exactly. <laughs> exactly. He was. Uh, he told me, um, what did he say? He said something like, well, you know, at least you're trying to speak one language, right? And uh, he said it in good fun, but whatever. That has nothing to do with it. If you're listening to this, if That's you're listening so to this, sir, thank you for setting me straight. Um, pronunciation aside... That is a hefty investment. Like I know, yes. I know people who are in um, really committed, like long-term relationships, whether they're married or not, and they may just be completely uh, into each other. But even they would balk at spending almost two grand on a card. 
You yeah. know, I'd honestly be mad at you if you did spend two oh, grand I would hope to so. get me a card. Yeah. <laughs> I'd be like, there's so many other things. <laughs> Those are like, it's like the original NFTs, kind of. You know, oh it's God. like, here's yes. a stupid, overvalued thing. At least it was real. You but at least there's a, you could hold it, and there really uh-huh. was only one of them. <laughs> only one of them, yeah. It's funny. Again, this just to tease the next episode we're going to do. It is about a form of scrapbooking. Uh, the term, it reminds me of our friend uh, and composer and brother. Brother of Max, Alex Williams' uh, show called Ephemera, uh, or Ephemeral, rather. Um, but the things like that, real life kind of, you know, um, Pinterest board items are considered, you know, pieces of ephemera. Um, mm-hmm. They are, you know, perishable over time. And they're just kind of weird little memory things, you know? Uh, I think it's interesting. And that word was used a whole lot in the research for that upcoming episode. Yeah. Oh, and we're going somewhere with this, folks. So they're really expensive. Nice Valentines. Right. But Diana, those aren't the vinegar Valentines, are they? No, 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 no. And of course, you know, not everybody wanted, could or wanted to spend two grand on a Valentine's card. So as printing press technology got better and better, a lot more cheaper printed cards, they weren't handmade anymore. So they were much, much cheaper, started getting printed out. But not all of them were nice. Not all of them were meant to express love and affection. Of the millions of cards sent in London in the 19th century, it's estimated that nearly half were vinegar valentines, which were overtly mean or hostile (laughs) messages. (laughs) And they were sent for a variety of reasons, especially when, like, the suffragette movement started. There were a lot of very politically slanted ones and stuff like that. But mostly just sent it, you know, to be an asshole. And ruin someone's day. And I think we should read a few. Oh, (laughs) my God. (laughs) I'm so excited. Okay, here we go. This one is untitled, I I assume. Um, But let's just call it The Lemon. Tis a lemon I hand you and bid you now skidoo. Because I love another, there's no chance for you. I love a good skidoo you rhyme. <laughs> I didn't even know what skidoo meant. I just know 22 skidoo. I didn't, I don't, I guess it you means like goodbye. You like, you like uh, It means like F off, yeah. I guess. I you <laughs> skid- yeah, skedaddle. Get out of here. Yeah. That's exactly. Oh, wow. They went this. out of their yeah. way to send that to someone. You know yeah, what I mean? And it's straight up a picture of like someone holding a lemon and handing it. Like they did not, <laughs> they didn't get abstract with the artwork. <laughs> oh my God, there's illustrations too. That's, uh, this is fun. This is yeah. fun. Oh yeah. <laughs> and they they get meaner though. Thing. That one's kind of more on the, on the tame side, I would say. That's true. Yeah. That one's, one's yeah. on the tame side. Uh, there's like, let's look at another example you found. Uh, which was, uh, no, I don't know if you heard, I was doing kind of like a, a snapping along. Mm, with, like uh, like with poetry snaps? Yeah, yeah. yeah. It, feels like it's, it feels like, you know, ax, so here. I married yeah. an axe murderer. Like, woman. <laughs> yeah. Whoa, man. Whoa, man. <laughs> <laughs> I'm going to watch that later. That's All right, so. That's a good movie, man. It is. Classic. Uh, here we go. You've opened the card. It's February 14th. You're excited. You've got mail. Only to find that the card says the following. Tis said you share your love with many, but I believe you have not any. At least enough to give away. You keep it for yourself, they say. I don't know why that guy's so arch. 
Is it first he's accusing him of being lecherous and like having multiple partners, but then saying, psych, you can't get any, son. Is that basically? <laughs> I think it's like, gist? you don't love anyone but yourself, you selfish jerk. That's what I okay, read. Yeah. It. <laughs> it's, it's like just a sight, uh, like a hit piece on someone's perceived personality. They're like, yeah. hey, I wanted to take this occasion to tell you that I think you're a dick. Yes. Uh, yeah. <laughs> there was one, and I didn't keep it because it wasn't as funny, but it was just about how she read novels all day, and so she didn't have time for a relationship. Wow. <laughs> like, oh, my God. It's like whenever you get to the <laughs> it's world. just reads of characters. Whenever you get to the world by. of, like, media correspondence or the predecessors of social media, it's just true time and time again. The misogyny is real. Like Ugh. these guys are, these guys are think like they're paying for these cards. And a lot of them were dudes, right? As you say, it got politicized and they were honestly having these conversations with themselves where they were like, yeah, this might be a little expensive, but what price can you really put on being a jerk? You know, that's <laughs> man's got to have a code. There's some Victorian meme of like, are opening the card and having a horrible face and they're like, that face is priceless. Uh we should film that. We should film that sketch. Yeah. <laughs> yes. We should film that. I'm <laughs> ready. <laughs> the Visa Vinegar Valentine sketch. I'm just imagining, you know, receiving one of these and mm-hmm. the 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 injury Ugh. you sustain. Pain. This this poor guy, he opens it up, it says The kiss of the bottle is your heart's delight. And fuddle you real home to bed every night. What care you for damsels, no matter how fair? Apart from your liquor, you've no love to spare. Oh, damn! Wait, the, that was like an intervention. So the kiss of the bottle. So it's calling him a drunk, right? Then, uh-huh. Yeah. What else? <laughs> it's like uh, on this. On the, oh, fuddled, the, like 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 drunken. Yeah. Got it. Yeah. 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 Wet brain. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But uh, so it's basically saying. I would like to take the opportunity on this Valentine's Day <laughs> to let you know that I think you're a bad person and an alcoholic. Yeah, you've yes. got a real problem. Exactly. <laughs> Even if I were the hottest girl in the world, you wouldn't care. <laughs> this could even be well-intentioned if you read it right. Mm-hmm. I mean, that's you know, true. like, hey, you know, you don't hey, even man. care about your love life because right. you're drinking so much. You're so addicted to liquor. Just, I'm trying to help. <laughs> mm-hmm. Yes, but as I said, a lot of us, they, they did get politicized during the suffragette movement. And there's several with like women on soapboxes and they're very not complimentary of the women suffragists. No surprise there. Oh. Um, so this one was sent by an ornery man <laughs> trying to get the ladies to shut the hell up about voting. To a modern woman, you've got the vote and think it's your mission to go to the polls like a bum politician. And while you are voting, your husband must roam for something to eat which he can't find at home. He's getting dyspepsia and can't work for pain. Your children neglected ask for you in vain. While you make speeches from a broken soapbox, your family is wearing soiled clothes and torn socks. Damn, really, really hitting home. You're getting personal there at the end. First of all, it doesn't take that long to vote. So I, if right. you're hungry, you could wait. <laughs> <laughs> Second of all, <laughs> make a sandwich. Third of all, <laughs> this makes it sound I got like a lot of problems with this. Yeah, one. <laughs> it's like 
we had a mom, but she disappeared for two years. She walked out to vote and hasn't <laughs> come back. Is that like, did they think? <laughs> She's never come back. Yeah. Did they think women's suffrage was like the, the female gendered version of going out for like dad cigarettes. going out for cigarettes? Yeah. <laughs> right. Probably. <laughs> I guess. It's just, I, I guess it was politically smart to position them as like women not taking care of their families. So they're out mm-hmm. there with their picket signs or whatever. <laughs> but it's very annoying <laughs> to read it. If I were a suffragette, I would have been very angry to receive this. Call. Absolutely. He went, he went full in with two stanzas too. True. Mm-hmm. He, he like, went on. I got it. more to say. <laughs> I didn't even get to the socks yet. He went on. <laughs> <laughs> And even worse than the Valentines themselves and how mean they are, they were usually sent COD or cash <gasps> on delivery, which meant that no. you had to pay to read your hate mail. Oh, no. <laughs> you had to give a penny for some shit that you didn't even want. They dissed <laughs> you collect? That's, that's like the cherry on top. So, Insane. So you pay for it before you know what's in it, too. Yeah, oh, yeah. Uh-huh. Uh-huh. Oh, yeah. Yeah, uh, it's kind oh of my gosh, a Valentine? Thank How you. sweet. Of course I'll pay a penny. <laughs> <Yeah>. What? <laughs> you would hope that word would spread that was like if you're paying for your Valentine, then it's probably a mean one and like don't pay for it, but right. I guess not. <laughs> wow. So they call adding so, that's literally what they call adding insult to injury. Oh yeah. yeah. Yes. For sure. Very true. And yep. so yeah. so are there is this might be a dumb question, but I'm sure I'm not the only one thinking this. Is there still something like a vinegar Valentine's industry? If you're listening, please don't do this to someone. But is- you know, there might be. I know when I worked at a bakery, we would have Valentine's mean Valentine's cookies or cakes that you could get like mean messages written on oh, or whatever. Yeah. And I don't think they were incredibly popular because you still have to pay for it. So it's like people <laughs> being like, I don't want to pay for that, <laughs> for something for this person I don't like anymore. Yeah. But people thought it was very humorous. So mm. it sold like actual real Valentine stuff while I don't think anyone actually really sent the mean messages, but it was very effective to get people to buy it's actual a good leader. ones. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. I was like, oh, that's so funny. I guess I'll buy a conversation heart for my husband. Uh, okay. Okay. Yeah. I totally forgot about the hearts. I know that there's some saucy, you know, those little chalk, chalky heart mm-hmm. candies. Yeah. There's a saucy, yeah. salacious versions of them. I don't know if there are any mean ones that just, you know, yeah. say stuff like get out or whatever. Um, All right. All right. Never you. Never you. <laughs> just, just confirming. Skidoo. 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 Uh, but okay, so what happened to vinegar valentines? Are these are these preserved anywhere, or are they? You know, like you were mentioning earlier, Noel, uh, would they be relegated to the role of ephemera today? Yeah, I think, yeah, they're more ephemera. Um, Anne Bella Pollen is an art and design historian. She wrote a paper about vinegar valentines. And she's like, now, ones that were actually postmarked don't ex- don't survive today because people did not save them pressed between <laughs> a book. <laughs> they did not want to remember they got them. They usually tore them up. Sometimes postal workers would confiscate them if they were too vulgar, Oh, if they had something too body on there, I guess, or too mean that they could see they would n- just not deliver them. Um, and often, apparently, they led to violence, real life violence. <laughs> uh, Pollen said, 
There are contemporary accounts from memoirs and newspapers that show that fistfights and court cases, suicide, and a tipped-in murder resulted wow, from geez. getting a vinegar valentine. And there's a Pall Mall Gazette story from 1885 about a husband who shot his estranged wife after she sent him one. Oh, jeez. So it wasn't just men that sent them. I'll say that. A lot of women were also trying to be jerks. He, <laughs> he probably <laughs> had some other, uh, th- there were probably other things leading up to that, right? Like it wasn't. I bl- I, yes. Gotta be. Unless it was a really well-written, just very cutting vinegar valentine. <sighs> like she got to his soul. Right. Yeah. He was like, this was, this cut too deep. <laughs> it's too real. Everything was fine until this. And he's like, he's like, I should have married the goat. Right. Full circle. <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah. She can't talk or send a vinegar valentine. God. So that I I think puts a little bit of a little bit of cold water on how excited I was about resurrecting this idea. We don't want people right. to get hurt. We do want to shout out um super producer Max Williams, who just popped yeah. in our chat and helpfully shared the link to Wisecracks, which are the mean mm-hmm. little Valentine's Day hearts. Um, yes, Max, how did yeah. did you just have that in your back pocket? So I was <laughs> listening to like you know fellow podcast Saver. They did a, they just did a classic episode about candy hearts, and they had mentioned these. So I was like, oh yeah, I'm gonna look them up. And so I found some uh, some of the messages they have on the hearts. Lay it on us, oh boy. What are they? Are they as good as Victorian ones? <laughs> Not as good. You know, they're pretty short, but they have one that says "Dream on." <laughs> okay. Ouch. Another one that says friend zone. Ooh. These Ouch. are these are like updated, right? Is that what you're saying? Yeah. yeah. Okay. Cool. These are these are pretty current, I would say. Uh then they have some that just have like, you know, a thumbs down emoji, a frowny <laughs> oh, face damn. emoji. Oh. Do any of them have the eggplant emoji? Well, you turn you turn know. the thumbs down upside down, and it's a butt with a thumbs there up. There you go. That's yeah, okay. that's hey. a good way of looking at it. <laughs> I think that's where we end up. There, Diana with the positivity, right there. That was yes, very very well done. And this this is getting to the the close of our episode today, folks. Uh, we hope you enjoyed it uh, at least partially as much as we did. Uh, I'd love to hear (laughs) Valentine's Day stories from other parts of the world, other cultures. Um, But before I hear any of that, I got to go hop on Ridiculous Romance and uh, figure out what's going on with this goat, which is not a thing I woke up today thinking I would say on air. No. 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 It wasn't for us either. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) But there's a lot of good stuff in there. Yeah, it's it's messed up. Yeah. Goats, dogs, cats. Living together. (laughs) So so we want to thank you both so much, Diane and Eli, for coming back on the show today. And we'd like to ask, could you you let us and our audience know where they can learn more about Ridiculous Romance, where they can find more of your work uh, inside and outside of the show? Absolutely. Uh, You can find our show, of course, anywhere you get your podcasts. Uh, You can also follow us on social media. Uh, My personal handle, at OhGreatIt'sEli, on Twitter and Instagram. I'm at DianaMiteBoom, and our show is at RidicRomance. We have some fun memes up there about our episodes, so it's usually worth a look. Yes. (laughs) Follow along, and then we've got new episodes every uh, Wednesday and Friday. Yeah. Yeah. And you'll also be teaming up with some other members of the ridiculous. What do you call the the ridiculous? I like ridiculous. Uh, I think that was an Eli Banks original. 
Yeah, I like Ridiculous uh, or or the R- RPU, podcast. the Ridiculous Podcast Universe. <laughs> really cool with all of these. Yeah. RPU. <laughs> we'll also be sure to tune in to the future Ridiculous Romance episode featuring Elizabeth Dutton and Zaren Burnett from Ridiculous Crime. Uh, That's going to be yes, rolicking. Good time. And and Noel, in, in the meanwhile, man, uh, you and I have show social media, but uh, we are also on the internet as individuals, right? We are, in fact, uh, real actual human people on the internet. Uh, you can find me uh, on Instagram exclusively where I am at How Now Noel Brown. How about yourself, sir? I am uh, in a burst of creativity, as I always say, calling myself at Ben Bolin on Instagram. It just came to me as an idea. Uh, I'm on Twitter stalking Max Williams uh, as at Ben Bolin HSW. Max, do you want do you want to tell people where you are so they can help me stalk you? I'm, I'm working on some vinegar valentines, bro. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Of course. Of course. I mean, I, I did find it funny that last night you sent me a text message with just the description of my Twitter account. But uh, you can find me on Twitter at, at ATL underscore Max Williams. It is true. I said that because you, you were dispassionate and then you said you were once again passionate. So it, it's funny because Michigan then beat Purdue last night. So I'm passionate again. Yes. <laughs> yes, as you explained. It's amazing to see that These sway. Things, yeah, go. Yeah, come and go. Uh-huh. <laughs> well, thanks to you, Max. Thanks to you, Eli, Diana, our ridiculous romantics. Uh, yeah, that phrase makes sense. If that works, mm-hmm. uh, we'll keep it. Yeah. Uh, and, and Noel, I think maybe you and I uh, have, maybe it's not even a thanks, but it's just like a show of support for all the people out there navigating the tricky roads of romance. You know what I mean? Yes, wading yeah. through the troubled, frothy waters of love. Yes. Mm-hmm. <laughs> if you're having trouble, just get your goat a two thousand dollar card, and uh, he'll <laughs> eat it. It'll be great. Yeah. <laughs> it'll turn out perfectly. Huge thanks to Alex Williams, who composed this theme. Super producer Max Williams, of course. Um, Jonathan Strickland, the quizster. We were potentially going to prank Diane and Eli with his presence. Uh, we were going to coerce like, him into coming, but um, he was unavailable. He was quistering some other podcast, I guess. He didn't have time for us, but another time uh, he will be ours. I think we're ahead in the rankings right now. Uh, let's see who else. Christopher Hasiotis, Eve Jeffcoats, here in spirit. Yes, yeah. And uh, also big thanks to the various St. Valentines. Um, You know, it's weird because this show, I realized, guys, this is coming out the day after Valentine's Day, uh, which I I didn't clock yet. But uh, even though it might be, this might now be advice for next year. If someone you're dating or you're in a relationship tells you they don't want anything, don't believe them. Do do like some one small thing, you know. Take it, take it from me. That stuff comes back around. Just a single red rose. Just a single red rose, and be like, we're both gonna hold this together, (laughs) and then talk talk about our problems. Talk about our feelings. (laughs) Happy Valentine's Day, everyone. Happy Happy Valentine's Valentine's Day. Day. Thanks for having us, guys. Thanks so much, you guys. We'll see you next time, folks. For more podcasts from iHeartRadio, visit the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you listen to your favorite shows. High Five Casino. High Five Casino is a social casino with real prizes and big Vegas hits at HighFiveCasino.com. 
the hottest games right from Vegas, and all winnings go straight to your bank account. Hundreds of exclusive games, free daily rewards, and come back to get free coins every four hours. Only at HighFiveCasino.com. High Five Casino is a social casino. No purchase necessary. Void or prohibited. Play responsibly. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details at HighTheNumberFiveCasino.com. High Five Casino. Thinking of popping the question? Diamonds Direct has an offer you can't miss. This month only, buy a natural diamond engagement ring of one carat plus and receive a free natural one carat diamond tennis bracelet valued at $2,000. Imagine giving her the ring of her dreams and her wedding gift all at once. No one provides education, selection, and value like Diamonds Direct. Your chance to get a free tennis bracelet from your friends at Diamonds Direct won't last long. Details at DiamondsDirect.com. Happy Pride from Tomboy X, celebrating pride and the queer community all year. Queer founded, queer run, and the makers of the original boxer briefs for women, creating sustainable size and gender inclusive underwear, swimwear, and loungewear for all bodies so you feel comfortable in your own skin. Tomboy X just dropped their Pride 24 collection, obsessively fit tested for all day comfort in sizes 3 extra small through 6X. Visit tomboyx.com. 